In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today's Gospel is um, about someone that I don't really like. Um, I struggle with the, the paralytic, and probably because some of his uh, some of his negatives are negatives that I have as well, um, and that's the main thing about this this person is his negativity. Um, but we're reading this right now in the context of Lent, so we're we're talking about different models of repentance, right? So we've seen. The prodigal son, somebody who left and, and came back. Last week we talked about the Samaritan woman, somebody that Christ went to, right? Somebody that was willing and wanting but needed somebody to go and get them. The man by the pool is some hybrid in between who needed help but was somebody who doesn't sound to me like he was ready to help himself much. Okay, before we, we talk about his, his scenario, I want us to just think about sin right now as disease, not just sin as a, a, a list of rules that we, we break or don't break, right? But as, as disease, as when I choose to go against health, that I'm sick, okay? And if we can understand in this model, this man is beside the pool for 38 years and he's sick, right? There's, there's, there's something preventing him from getting in the pool. There's something stopping him from receiving the grace of God, right? Because there's this grace that happens that they see that every year at the specific pool, the, the remains of which still exist, an angel would come and it's a very public miracle, right? This isn't a private miracle, that the first person in, right, would receive this, this blessing. So we know that this man has been there 38 years. We have no idea how old he is, right? He might be in his 50s, he might be in his 70s, he might be 38, we don't know. But he's been there for 38 years. And the Lord goes out of his way to go see him. And he asks him an extremely important question that we all get asked, which is, do you want to be healed? Is it what you want? Right? And it should seem like a no-brainer because a lot of us say we want to be good. A lot of us say we want to change. But do we? Right? Like you might just say yes, you do. But do you really? Right? Do your decisions, do your actions, do your thoughts, do they match that? Because we're going to see that in this person's case, the reason why they're by the pool wasn't natural. But the paralytic, his answer is not, yes, please, right? Oh, Lord, I, I, I desire this, please. He jumps into his complaint right away. Oh, Lord, I have been here this long, and no one helps me, and nobody does this, and this, and this. That's Right? And so it's this immediate reaction. It's like, I'm just asking if you want to be healed. Right? Why is your response to tell me how messed up everyone else is? Right? And how victimized, how Muslim you are. Right? But the Lord didn't say any of that. He could have, but he didn't. Right? But this was, this was his response. Right? 
I don't have anybody. And I want to pause for a second because I want you to realize how big of a deal this person's actions are. This, this story is from John chapter 5, and I want you to have that in the back of your minds when we go through Holy Week. Because this encounter that we're going through right now is when all of the Lord's problems begin. This is when in the Gospel of John, it's this point on where they're fighting about this specific event until he dies. Right? He's on trial from this moment on. You're going to read it during Holy Week. We read from John 7 through 10 a lot. And you're going to see him keep on referring to this issue. You might not realize that it's referring to, but it's this one. Right? It's like, why are you all so mad at me? Because the Lord is coming, outreaching somebody, knowing at what personal cost it's going to be to himself to give his grace to this man. Right? And just this man. Everybody can sit there thinking, how come he's the only one who didn't? And it's like, well, he's now the only one that gets healed there. Right? The only one that the Lord goes through specially. And so the Lord says, okay, well, I'm, I'm willing, even though you didn't answer the question. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to make you well. And so he tells him, rise, take up your bed, and walk. Now, this was contravening a law from the Mishnah. Okay, so the Mishnah is a Jewish book of laws which has specific rules. Okay, he who takes out a loaf of bread in the public domain is liable. If one person could not take it out and two people put it out, they're in trouble. This is it's a legal proscript. In the middle of these lists of what you're allowed and not allowed to do in the Sabbath is he who takes out a living person in a bed is exempt, for the bed is secondary, but if a person lifts their mat or their sleeping mat or their bed, they are liable, right? So the Lord is very aware that he's breaking a specific law, right? That there's, there's, a, there's a specific law. It's not just a general rule, right, that he's breaking. There's a specific law that says, and this particular act of carrying your bed, it's illegal, right? And the Lord, who is God, is like, you guys made up these rules. Right? You, you made up these rules. I said, as God, honor the Sabbath. I didn't put all these rules that you put. You guys made those up. Right? And so the people get worked up. Now, here's a man who's now, that everybody knows that for 38 years, by his own word, right, that he has been sick. And this great miracle has happened. What is their reaction? They get angry. Instead of being happy that something good has happened. Instead of being happy that the Lord has done something great, instead of being in, in marvel and wonder that a miracle has happened in front of everybody, how many of you wish that you had witnessed a miracle? Right? They've witnessed a miracle and the response of everybody is to get angry. Right? And so what do the officials of the church or the assembly of the synagogue say? What are you doing carrying your bed? Right Now, the Lord, it says, has taken off. He doesn't want attention. So he does the miracle and he immediately just dips. Right, He's gone. But the, the, the leaders come, what tell us what, what's going on. And he, instead of being like, isn't it amazing? Like, I was sick and now I'm healed. His response is, the guy who healed me 
told me to do it. Right? There's not a defense of the one who did it. Right? There's not even like a smiling, like we're going to see a big difference in the man born blind next week, who has a completely different way of dealing with the same situation. Right? But that he just sells him out right away, throws him under the bus. It's the guy who healed me. Go get him. Right? Now, if you don't think that that was his disposition, we'll see more clearly that it does. And I'm not, I, I can understand where the, the guy is coming from, and we'll come back to in a second. But the Lord goes and seeks him out and says something that's so important in all of these, of these stories that we're reading because he goes back to him and says, go and sin no more lest a worse thing happen to you. Indicating that the reason for his illness to begin with was something he was doing. Right? In, in other cases, that's not always the case. Not every healing that the Lord did, did he say those words. Right? In fact, even the next, the next week with the man born blind, he says, no, this is not because of sin. He explicitly says, this is not anyone's sin that's causing it. This one has nothing to do with sin. This one does. Right? And this is where it comes back to this, this need for repentance. Right? That we might be missing in the story. Is it saying you were doing something that's made you paralyzed? Your sin has paralyzed you. And I'm more than aware, I, the Lord, am more than aware that you can't unparalyze yourself. So even though you have this mood because of it, even though you're negative, even though any of the, whatever, whatever is in the realm of your faults, I'm happy to heal you. I'm ready to give you that grace. You don't need to sit by the pool any longer. Right? I am the source of grace. I will give it to you. But be aware of the role of your will and your wellness. Because this is the problem, the paralytic, the problem with so many of us. Why is this happening to me? Right? That's the question so many of us are asking. But how many of us have stopped and asked, what am I doing that might have put me here? I'm not saying that everything is your fault, but you should ask if it's your fault. Maybe you're very selfish and now nobody wants to deal with you. Maybe impossibly, you're very um, easily aggravated, moody, nervous. And so people don't feel comfortable to speak to you. So when you say, why does nobody talk to me? Maybe it's something you're doing. Maybe it's because you gossip, so nobody wants to confide in you. Maybe it's because you're always negative, so people aren't cheerful around you. Maybe you're selfish, and so people don't like to be in your company. Maybe you lie, so people can't trust you. What am I doing? What are my decisions that are affecting other people? Right? Maybe I refuse to see things in any other way than my own. I, I, I exalt my opinion, and I need to give everybody my opinion. And so now people are, are quiet around me or they avoid me, they don't visit me. And so the day where I'm asking for someone to visit, I don't find. Maybe I'm controlling. What am I doing? What am I doing with my will? That's paralyzing me. No one paralyzed me. 
I paralyzed myself. Sin paralyzes, right? We don't understand this. And because we don't understand it, we sometimes think that we're being punished or there's some kind of un un unjust thing happening to us that isn't, right? I'm simply reaping the result of my decisions. If I choose to eat sugar all the time and I get diabetes, the world didn't do it to me, right? The world didn't give me diabetes. No one's punishing me by diabetes. I made those decisions and now there's consequences from them. And if you can see this, you'll see that the biggest gift that the Lord gave to every human being is that gift of will, that gift of choosing, that gift of freedom that nobody can take away from anybody. He gave that gift, he didn't have to. Animals move by instinct. They don't have a truly developed freedom. Humans can rationalize, they can think, they can calculate, they can react, they can see how things affect things. And so this person's decisions paralyzed him. And so the Lord says, okay, I see that there's something in you that wants. Even, even if some of this was your fault, I see that for 38 years, you've been faithfully sitting by here with some degree of hope. I'll respond to that degree of hope. I'll give it to you. But even after the Lord comes back to him and explains to him, right? This is, this is something from you. What does he do? He goes straight back to the synagogue and says, it was Jesus, right? It was Jesus who did it. It was Jesus who told me. And I'm sure he was quite aware that they weren't fond of the Lord, right? And this too is part of our behavior that we have to be careful about. Sometimes we go back to the Lord and say, Lord, heal me. And he does. And we still sell him out. Right? And we still go back, and in spite of receiving it, instead of being grateful, in spite of my life being changed, we still turn on. We still oppose the grace that we have received. And when we do so, we can see that our sin doesn't just affect ourselves. Because as I said, this episode makes them all the more wanting to kill him. When they come back and they hear, oh, it was him, they're like, okay, great. We got more ammo that we can use against him. We have more that we can use. And in fact, they joyfully, they go running for him. And like, what are you doing? And they have this fight with him about how dare you use the Sabbath in this way. And in one of the Gospels, he has a, con he has a full conversation that says, based on these rules that I just read from the Mishnah, in your Mishnah, in your law, you permit a man to save his donkey. Right? You're okay with saving an animal, a beast of burden. And you're mad at me. You're mad at me for saying, take up your bed and walk. And then he says something 
that's in a different context than the Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman, he revealed that he was God. He says, he who is speaking to you is I am, is God. Here he reveals it, even though he knows that it's going to cost him dearly. Because he says, you know what, me and my father, he goes, my father has never stopped working. He's still working until this day. You don't even understand Sabbath, right? You don't even understand real Sabbath. But in saying my father, and they knew very well he's not talking about Joseph who is dead, right? In saying my father, it says explicitly, they took up stones to stone him for in calling his, calling God father, he made himself equal with God. Which is God's way of saying, I'm unchanging too. You know, like I'm not going to not be God because into the Eden. Right? Just because you don't like it, it's not going to change the reality of, of, of who I am. I am who I am. That's my name, literally. Right? And I am is your father, and I am loves you, and I am is ready to heal, even if you kill I am for being who he is, which is what they did. Right? But we might be being, because there's more than one story of need of repentance here. There's the man by the pool who needs, but there's these Pharisees that need as well. This pool that, this pool that they're at, it says it has five porches, which some of the fathers meditate on of being the five steps, the five books of the law, the first five books. This is what the Pharisees were obsessed with. And the Lord is saying the law doesn't save you. You came to this pool of the law and you did not find grace. For 38 years you sat by the law and found nothing. Right? And same with these Pharisees that are coming at him, holding the law in his face and he's saying, you still don't get it. Because some of us don't realize that that's who we are. I think self-included, we're a church full of Pharisees today, and we need to be careful, right? And that the law is not evil, but the law doesn't save. What is this pool called? Bethesda. And what does that mean? House of mercy. It's in the house of mercy that we find grace. It's in the Father's house that we find this grace. It's in the Father's house that we find the healing. It, the source of the grace, the source of the healing, the source of the mercy, the source of compassion is the Father. Right? It is the Father who's always ready to reign in on everybody, to reign on them with His grace. Think about what might be in your life causing you to be in this place of death, in this place of paralysis, to be surrounded by the pool with sickness. Ask yourself if you come with this attitude of negativity, do you want to be healed? Or would you rather complain and tell your story? That's what the guy wanted to do. That's why his response was, let me tell you. Sometimes we'd rather just tell the story. Would you rather tell the story? Would you rather the change? And ask yourself what kind of witness you are for Christ. Are you the one who walks away from grace to get your father arrested? Or are you the kind who says, thank you, and let me follow you wherever you go, the same way that the, the man born blind next week will do? 
Because God will remain the same regardless of what you do. This isn't about insulting God. God was fine. Right? God disappeared after his miracle. He was not affected by praise. And he was not affected by the insults. Right? Neither of them did anything to him. He remained who he was. He didn't return evil for evil. He literally practiced what he preached. Right? This is not an issue of God's dignity. But for you to live joyfully, for you to live healthily, for you to enjoy living in your father's house, you have to examine, how am I using my will? Am I at peace with my father? Am I at peace with myself? Or am I looking for meaning in other things? May the Lord look at all of us as we did, as he did with the man who for 38 years struggled with his illness and grant us the grace of healing, but may we respond to the healing with the pursuit of grace and the pursuit of health. To our Lord be glory now and always, the age of all ages. Amen.